Thanks for listening to the River in the Hills weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Nate Cashdan. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Happy New Year. Everybody have a good New Year? Four of you did. Um, my New Year's resolution, or one of them, was to preach longer messages, so I just, I'm really excited about it, and I really appreciate your support, and just kind of, this is my first opportunity, like, you don't want to fail, right, like, on day two of the New Year, so I'll at least keep it going three or four months, um, before, you know, but yeah. Some of you are like, is it your new, like, are you dressing different for the New Year? No, I'm just keeping it fresh for the wife, you know. Keeping it tight. She's not in here. I was going to embarrass her. But anyways, all right. Let's talk about spiritual things. Um, we're going to talk today about, if you, oh, if you need the notes, if, sorry, if you don't have them, raise your hand and one, uh, Frederick will get you some notes. Leave your hand up until Frederick gets to you. Um, over the next several weeks, um, you're going to get a chance to hear from, uh, from me, from Glenn, Kyle, from Sloan one more time. Um, and uh, some of the things you might hear in those weeks or in the next couple months are sort of um, maybe our views or projections for what the Holy Spirit is saying or doing uh, in River and the Hills Church for 2022. Um, uh, we, not, I mean, maybe I'm not going to say a theme, but there might be some themes and these are just senses and impressions that we have from the Lord um, that are really, it's really good, I think, to give those at the beginning of the year. It kind of sets the pace. Um, Glenn mentioned earlier that one of the words that was given last January was that River in the Hills would be a house of gratitude. And that did set the pace for a year where there was a lot to not be thankful for, right? And you go against the current and the tide of culture by giving thanks and finding things to, give thank, to be thankful for, um, which, which we did, maybe not perfectly all the time, but what, which we did. One of the things that I've, that I've sensed, there's been several things. Um, we're probably going to talk about the end times uh, in 2022. Um, not that 2022 is the end year. I'm, just, I'm not prophesying, I'm just saying. Um, but uh, there's a lot, people have a lot of questions, right? And, uh, and so we're, you're probably going to hear some messages tonight, probably going to hear some messages um, that relate to that in different ways. But uh, what I want to preach about this morning is worship. And worship is like this like massive topic that you could preach 52 weeks out of the year on and not cover it. Um, and so I'm just going to preach 52 hours on it in a row. And the people that are really saved are going to stay and fast and listen. And No, but what I wanted to uh, center in on today uh, specifically was our worship here at River in the Hills. What are biblical expressions of worship that you can expect to see and be a part of uh, here in the family? Some of these things, <clears throat> here's, here's why I think the Lord puts this on my heart. I know, if I look around the room, I know most of you. Some of you I don't. I'd like to know you. But uh, I know that we all come from different backgrounds. Some have no church background. Some have like hyper-conservative church background. Some have holy roller background and, so, and everything in between, Right? Shout out to my AOG friends. No, and uh, I read this meme this week that said, 
I'm so Pentecostal, I don't even eat pizza unless it's been delivered. Uh, I know, it's not in my notes, or I would have started with it, sorry. I thought, that's good. That is good. Um, but the point is, is that there's so many different backgrounds and so many different cultures of worship within churches, not just denominations, but within churches, um, that when people come together in a family like this, like this mixture, there can be a lot of questions. That some people, you, you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing, and some people look around the room and go, well, I definitely don't know why they're doing what they're doing, but I know that I'm not doing that. And then it's like, am I even saved? Are they even saved? Is it wrong to ask questions about if they're saved or if I'm saved? You know, there's all these questions that when it's like, when worship is, is really supposed to be about Jesus, the object of our, of our worship. And so the reason I want to talk through some of these things is to give clarity and permission uh, and, to, and to really set a healthy expectation for you of, of what's good. And, what's, and I'm not necessarily talking about what's not good. Um, that basically, if we, if we keep the object of our worship as Jesus... And if we, keep, if we keep worship about him and not about what we're doing for him, then we'll probably be fine. Um, and, and you'll be able to sense the difference. Um, yeah, okay. So uh, there's several different uh, verses that we'll jump around to today. If you have your Bible, you can, um, you can follow along, but I put them in your notes so you can look at them later if you want to. I know all of you study these things during the week, every morning. Um, and so uh, why are you laughing? Um, I broke it up into two categories, basically. Uh, these, are, these are basically physical expressions of worship, and the first ones I want to talk about are expressions of worship with your body, okay? These are, uh, most of these have uh, tons of scripture references, and I, and I just put a few in your notes, but here's why this is important. It's important, it's important to know why we're doing what we're doing, but it's also important to know why others are doing what they're doing. It helps, us, it helps us understand and not be distracted. There's a, there's a culture of worship that, that looks, I'm, the best way to describe it that I can think of is a culture of worship that looks more horizontal than it does vertical, and that's dangerous. Okay? I've heard a lot of complaints about worship in my life, and every single one of them was a horizontal complaint, meaning no one came to me and was like, Jesus is so annoying in worship. Can you believe him? Just up on his throne, all having people sing holy, holy. All of them are just like, did you see the way that he, did you see the way that she, did you see the way that they, did you hear what they, did you hear what they, everything is horizontal. And I was like, oh, and I just started mouthing off to people years ago. I was like, oh, worship's not about you. Oh, well, well I know that, but well, I mean, you know it maybe, but you just still make it about you. Heidi Baker was at a, a conference one time. This is a story that I believe it was Sean Bowles told this story. He's at a, a very small conference, a very small church with a very horrible worship team. Like, just they were really struggling. And, um, and we're just blessed with not that problem, which is so great. Um, but you guys have been, everybody's been, have you been in church for, you know, anywhere? You know that this is just, this happens sometimes, right? Sometimes they just suck, and it's okay. Um, <laughs> But so they're at this little church, and this, and this team's just not playing the right notes, doesn't know the songs, everything just sounds horrible. 
And Sean is having a really hard time engaging his heart. And Heidi Baker is just lost, weeping on the floor, just praising the Lord. And, uh, and so they, the worship's over, and they sit down, and Sean leans over to her and says, how, how are you able to just press in? I'm having such a hard time because of the band. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's really not about the band. And John was like, oh, yeah. Because she, she was able, she, like the band was there to assist, but they're not actually necessary to worship. Like they're, they're there to help, and, and when they're good, they do. I was helped this morning. I don't know about you, but I was helped. But it actually wasn't necessary. That wasn't like, a, it wasn't a prerequisite, prerequisite to worship. And uh, so... Knowing some of these things and why things that you will see or have participated in, I think will I think will help to build a, a healthy culture of worship in Riven Hills. Because I believe that one of the things the Lord's going to do in our church this year is is bring a small shift into the worship culture that's here, and where it's going we're going to see um, just explosions of glory in worship, not because of uh, fleshly or soulish reactions or uh, or even proactive, you know, th- things that are that are born of the of the soul and not of the spirit. But because uh, worship, it, when we talk, even when we talk about end times, we talk about worship is eternal, and everything that we do that's missional is is temporal. Every mission that you're ever going to take part of, well, I mean, praying for the sick, uh, evangelizing, that's all temporary. But worship's eternal. So if you want to like really get into the, how do we fulfill the prayer that Jesus told us to pray about on earth as it is in heaven? Well, if you worship, you can't miss because there's worship in heaven and there will always be worship in heaven. So if you worship here, you're doing what they're doing in heaven. So you win. So worship's pretty unique like that. You can only give a sacrifice of praise on this side of heaven. So your, your worship, when your life sucks and you come in and worship anyways, you won't be able to do that in heaven. So take special advantage of the, of the time that you have to to be able to press in even though you don't feel like it because you will always feel like it in heaven. All right, let's get into this a little bit. Um, here's some different things that you've seen expressed here. It's really cool. We saw several of these things this morning. No one knew what I was going to preach about, so it wasn't like there were people that were like, okay, cue number one. Um, but the first thing is coming to the altar, coming to the front to worship. Do you ever ask why people do that? You ever have that question? Uh, maybe you came from a church background where that wasn't done or wasn't even acceptable. I've been in churches where like, that's a major no-no. There's actually barriers uh, to prevent people uh, from getting to the front, and that's, that's their thing, um, their way. I'm not here to talk about why other people are wrong. Um, <laughs> I was going to try to cruise past that one. Excuse me. <coughs> I just copped right in the mic. For years, the mic was on this side. <laughs> Remember, the old one was over here. <laughs> okay. It's a new day. All right. Um, coming to the altar, coming to the front to worship, I want you to know, one, totally acceptable in River in the Hills Church, okay? If you go to a church where it's not acceptable, don't fight to the front and say, you're wrong. That's not, that's not good either. But I want you to know that it's a, it's a act it's a prophetic act of coming forward to the ultimate altar, 
where the Lamb of God was that you know slain, he took took away the sin of the world on that altar. It's a prophetic act saying, "I'm coming to that altar because I know my need for it." That's what, what people say. Well, why do you come to the front? Why do you see people kneeling here on the steps? Is there something magical about the step? No, no, there's not. It's just, I mean, it, it's a the act of coming forward is a prophetic act of going to Jesus. It's making your feet express what's on the inside. There's not a verse for it. I mean, there's not a verse that says walk to the front and worship. It's just not there. But we see lots of stories and lots of imagery of walking forward to the front and coming to the altar. Okay? So that's number one. It signifies, or it's an expression of what's going on on the inside. Number two, dancing. Heath, if you could come forward, he's going to give an example here. (laughs) He prepared an interpretive dance. There's so many verses I wrote down, some of them, Psalm 30, 11 through 12, Psalm 149, 3 through 4, and Psalm 150, verse 4. Just a few of the many scriptures that were encouraged to dance and worship. Maybe you came from a church where dancing was against the rules on paper. Um, dancing before the Lord is one of the purest ways to worship him. Why? Most of you suck at it. (laughs) And I am the chief. (laughs) Um, That's not the point. We dance before the Lord because you are forcing your body to submit, every part of your body to submit unto the Lord. You're forcing your body to line up with what God's doing, and you're forcing your body to worship. And it's like, how, do, how am I going to get my knee to worship God? Start dancing. Start jumping. All you moms are like, I've had three kids. I get it. She comes, I know. I mean, I don't get it, but I mean, <laughs> like, I can't jump. Sway, right? But, uh, you know, David, you know, this is a, here's a word for the guys in the room here. I couldn't, for years, I'm not a very good dancer, right? Maybe we could line dance for the Lord at a cowboy church. I could do that. But, uh, but uh, listen, I remember one of the first times I danced was actually here in River in the Hills during worship, and I was just like, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it, because that's what I would, that my body was like, was like doing it already, and, and or I'm sorry, my heart was doing it already, and every muscle in my body is like, nope. I'm doing like everything before it, right? I'm like, I'm like, Lord, I just started raising my hand like five years ago, so let's just baby step this. <laughs> First time I raised my hand, I was like, <laughs> you know? And you just do like the random, every head's bowed, and you're like, <laughs> and you just don't, nobody saw it. But I mean, there's, there's progressions. I'm, I'm just, this is real talk here. Some of y'all have struggled with this. Some of you haven't. You were raised... In the Assembly of God Church, and if people, people that weren't raising their hands, you're like, are you in sin? You know, there's problems, right? <clears throat> but some of you guys in the room listening to this, you got to get over yourself. Women, you got to get over yourself too. Everybody's got to get over themselves. It's really not about what you're looking like to other people. I'm not telling you to force yourself to dance to create an experience or to create an atmosphere. I'm telling you that when your heart is overflowing 
part of the working out of that overflow is going to be to get your body to line up with what God is doing inside of you. And dancing is a great way to do that. We look at the life of King David. King David was the man's man. He was a brutally fierce warrior, brutally fierce man, and a man after God's own heart. He was also extremely soft and extremely tender. He danced so undignified that his wife was like, babe, mm -mm. no. And he, he said, woman, you think this is bad? I'll get even more crazy than this. And he did. And, and he did it beca not because he was trying to prove something to his wife. He did it because of his uncontainable love for Yahweh. Dancing is a great way to express that. That's 2 Samuel 6, if you want that story. Also, your dancing makes it easier for people like me to dance. It does. If you're really good at dancing, please come dance in the front. It makes the rest of us look better. All right, number three. Is this good? Is this, like, is this helpful at all? Yes. All right. Number three, flag waving. How many of you have seen this before? <laughs> Raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Um, how many of you have been smacked in the face with a flag before? <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's a club of us. Um, so there's, been, there's so many arguments. Many churches don't even allow it. It's, oh, it's a distraction. I'm like, listen, everything's a distraction. Like, if you're going to not allow flags, don't allow phones. I swear to God. I, no, I don't swear to God. If, <laughs> listen, I'm getting carried away now. If, you, if you're not going to allow something you're going to claim as a distraction, you, you better not allow a cell phone in your building. Because cell phone's the biggest distraction ever been invented. You can't tell me a flag is a distraction. Raising your hands is a distraction. Dancing is a distraction. Coming to the front is a distraction. All right, everybody break their phones then. Okay. Don't get me started on distractions. Everything could be a distraction, but it's really not about you. It's really not about them. Now, listen, there's, I'm, you'd be like, what about orderly worship? That's where Glenn and I come in, okay? When something's out of order, we'll, we'll stop it. We have, and, it's, and it stinks for us, and, but we can, I mean, and, and it's not that we have a magic, it's just that's our job, okay? And, that, and so you guys don't even worry about that, and flag waving is amazing, uh, Moses was the first person to refer to the Lord as a banner or a flag. He built an altar and called it Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. And Exodus 17, banners have been used to, to, um, to signify uh, victory, celebration, significance, honor for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So what's the significance about raising a flag? It's a prophetic sign saying, the Lord is my victory, the Lord is my banner, the Lord is, is, has made, given me significance. The, I honor the Lord. That's all it is. It's a way to worship the Lord. Is there a New Testament verse that commands it? Nope. We don't need it. It's not a New Testament verse that commands youth group either. <clears throat> all right. Number four, bowing, kneeling, or lying prostrate or face down on the floor. Remember, postures are giving expression to what's on the inside. Okay. Coming and doing this doesn't, doesn't unlock something magically. Be, you know, could unlock something in your own heart, but it doesn't unlock something just because you just like, oh, okay, now it's time to kneel. Now it's time to, this isn't, a, it's not a liturgical thing. It's a posture of your heart that's given expression with your body. When you feel um, just a real deep sense of love and affection for your spouse, okay, do you do something about that? Or do you just, like, love them in your heart? 
How many of you went to a church or have been a part of a worship culture where you do things in your heart? Yeah. A lot, marriages, like, just instantly end if everything was just in your heart, right? It's the same with, it's the same with your relationship with Jesus. Because it's, it's just a really Christianese way of saying, I don't actually love him, <laughs> right? When there's, when there's, I'm not trying to be like a Debbie Downer or whatever. I guess I'm a Danny Downer. I don't want to confuse things, but uh, when you feel a deep sense of love and affection for your spouse, you love them in their whatever the love language is, hopefully, right? You hug them, you kiss them, you cuddle them, you buy them a gift, you tell them how beautiful they are, you tell them how amazing they are, you encourage them, you got to hit all of them, you do something for them, acts of service. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. And uh, it's the same thing with the Lord. There's when, when you feel the overwhelming amount of mercy that he has on you, that can bring you to your knees. When you feel your, your need for him to come and touch you, that can put you on your face. When you, when you, sense, uh, the, when you sense that he, like we sang this morning, that he calls you friend, you're like, no, he's God. And he's like, no, I, call, I no longer call you slave. I call you friend. That can bring me to my knees. In Genesis 17, we see Abraham, he falls face down before, before, or, uh, before the Lord. In 1 Kings chapter 8, Solomon kneels. These are, there is, there's countless, especially Old Testament examples of, of men and women posturing their bodies before the Lord in worship or prayer or just out of, out of honor uh, because of who he is, and that's it. Who he is in that revelation is so life-changing to the person, so heavy in that moment, they can't stay standing. You want to know one of the only positions of the body that's not really talked about in Scripture for worship? You know what it is? Sitting down. That's right. I was reading this thing that the people were like, sitting down signifies that we're seated with Christ in heavenly place. I'm like, that's a stretch, man. That's not in the Bible. I'm, no, I'm like, I'm not telling you it's wrong to sit. I'm just telling you that, like, we're pretty American, right? You know, like, sitting's not, sitting's not a popular uh, Eastern expression of worship. So I think it's just kind of funny. But anyway, it's not trying to guilt trip anybody. Y'all are sitting down right now. All right, moving on here. Uh, how to expressions of worship with your voice. You know what's really funny is that we open our mouths so many times and we should keep them shut. Again, I'm the chief in this area, right? I just like, sometimes I say words and I like reach for them. Like, <laughs> get them back. I'm like, nope, they went too fast. I've gotten much better through the years, much better. When I first started preaching, I had this massive fear that I was going to cuss on the stage. <laughs> massive fear. I had a massive cussing problem for years. And I... And, Kaylee, Kaylee was like, I'm preaching. I just see like the sweat, you know, like, just like, oh my God, what's he going to say? Yeah, I've never, but we open our mouth, we open our mouth so many times when we should keep it closed, except in worship. When we get to worship, usually that problem swaps. It's the time where we should be opening our mouth and all of a sudden we're like, no, I'm just super quiet and humble and I just... I'm just really contemplative. <laughs> Man, I think, you know what I think? I think the devil has robbed us. They've ro- Listen to me. I think the devil has robbed us of benefits of worship 
by trying to convince us that keeping our mouth shut during worship is somehow spiritual or good. That somehow just like being quiet through the whole thing, when people are like, raise your voice, lift your voice, shout to the Lord. I'm like, well, I'm shouting in my heart. Oh. I'm like, so like, does the Lord need a stethoscope to get your worship? Is that, is that what that is? A stethoscope? Or is that this thing? Nancy, what's a stethoscope? That's that thing? Okay, yeah, sorry. Anyways, we need to open our mouths more. All right, let's get into these last ones, and then we'll, we'll close here. Um, number one, shouting or making a joyful noise. I'm going to read Psalm 100 real quick. Psalm 100 verse 1 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Do you know what the word shout means in the, in the old um, Hebrew? Do you know what it means, how it's translated? Shout, yeah. That's, yeah it's, I didn't even go to college. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Man, there are, there are stories in Scripture of praise gatherings being so loud that they were heard in the next town with no uh, amplification. That's just screaming and shouting to the Lord. People are like, that's out of order. It's literally Bible. <laughs> like there's verses that command it. I mean, I, I, I got no room to say it's out of order. Anyways, um, but we make shouts and joyful noises with what part of our body primarily? Our mouths. Yeah, like this counts. Clapping is good too. But I, clapping was like one of the only, I'm like, what other joyful noise could I make to the Lord without an instrument, just with my body, whistling, sure, but it's still with your mouth. See, so I'm like, I'm like we got to open our mouth. Yeah, we got to open our mouth. All right. It doesn't mean get soulish and fleshy and start screaming for the sake of trying to create something in the room because it's too quiet. Don't do that either. That's when I have to come by and Glenn has to come by and no. But our expression will overflow. It's an overflow of what's going on on the inside. I love making joyful noise to the Lord because I'm loud, and it's one of the ways that I can do it. So, Number two, spontaneous singing. I know this is going to hopefully answer some questions. The next few answer some questions for you all. Um, many of you came, to, came from a church where uh, the words on the screen or overhead projector or in the hymnal were the only ones you sung. Okay? You don't go outside of that. Um, and I, I totally understand and so you guys have you've heard Marissa or somebody else, they'll stand up here and, and you, you finish the chorus, and then they start singing something else. And you're like, I don't see the words on the screen. <laughs> and you guys start looking back at the booth, and they're just like, the booth's just like, they're worshiping too. And you're like, they're not even paying attention. <laughs> and, 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 and we're like, what do we do? And then Marissa's like, come on, church, come on. And you're like, well, the words aren't on the screen. <laughs> I like to encourage us as a body just as believers to uh, get less dependent on the screens and less dependent on the worship team to usher us into the presence of the Lord. Amen. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. 
Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You know what psalms are, right? We have a book of them, okay? Hymns, when you get, there's, there's a lot of different definitions or ways to define hymns. Hymns are not songs found in a hymnal, or it's not, that's a, that's a very weak definition of a hymn. Hymn is like a, it's basically a written song, a poem, a chorus, some sort of, of praise song about or to the Lord that's been written, right? It's, it's known, okay? And spiritual songs are, are unwritten songs, spontaneous songs prompted by the whole... Now, some of them get written, but prompted by the Holy Spirit and sung spontaneously. So it's very biblical what happens. It doesn't happen every song. It doesn't happen every Sunday. But when a worship leader set, you know, begins to develop a new chorus... Usually they're pretty simple. Memorize them. Don't look at the screen. Just listen, and you can sing along with it. Some of, sometimes a, a worship leader is prompted to sing prophetically a, a spontaneous song, meaning they're not trying to get you to sing along with them. They're prophesying something that they're hearing from the Holy Spirit through song. And, and, and you'll know the difference, right? A, a, a spontaneous song that's meant to be more pr- prophetic in nature is not re- repetitive as much as it is, it it's almost tells a story, right? It's sentence after sentence after sentence, and they start going, and you're like, oh, I, can't, I can't sing that, I'm not memorizing it. And like, no, it's not for you to memorize. The, the choruses that are, that are very simple and repetitive or you'll be able to sing along with when they start to sing prophetically, just receive what the Lord is saying. All right. Number three. Oh, here, now here's what I was going to say. In a spontaneous chorus, I want, you to be, I want you to encourage you to be less concerned about the liturgical practice of singing the words, okay? Meaning, sometimes there's such a, there can be such a pressure to make sure that you're singing it right, Right? There can be such a pressure to be like, well, how many more times are we going to repeat this? And you're like, you're like staring at Marissa's lips. I'm not even trying to say it along with her, you know what I mean? So that you don't miss it. Come on, I'm just, this is real talk, you know? And, uh, and what I'm saying is, if it, if it starts to become too much for you, if, you, if you're really, you know, you really want to be able to sing what's being sung and sing along with it, but it's becoming too much, you don't have to do that. You don't have to sing the exact same words that the worship leader is singing. You can move to number three, which is sing your own song. A lot of times you'll be prompted to do this by a worship leader. How many of you have heard one of our worship leaders say this? Sing your own song to the Lord. Oh, come on, raise your hand. You just say it all the time. And uh, sing your own song. Lift your own voice. Lift up your own song. You guys have heard this. And, you're, and then you're like, well, I'm not the worship leader. So m- many times it's just like this. I'm waiting until the words come back up on the screen. You get an opportunity in those times. You have a full band at your disposal that's playing, that, that's playing a chord progression for you to express what's on your heart to the Lord in your own words. Okay? So many of you come to, to, to church on Sunday or to any gathering, home group, Bible study, prayer meeting. You come to these things with different things. Some of you are just like, I'm here to celebrate Jesus. Some of you are like, I'm here to repent from this week. Some of you come in and you're like, I am sick. Come in, you come in and you say, I've never felt better. And you, but the worship team picked out the same songs for everybody. 
regardless of kind of where you're at. So sometimes the songs really, really hit you and affect you, and they really help usher you into the presence of the Lord. And sometimes it's really hard because they're not maybe your heart song or maybe they're, you know, you're like, eh, I don't really like that, that flavor, that style, or whatever it is, which is fine. But you have expression in your own heart that you want to give to the Lord. Well, those are the opportunities you have to do it. The band plays, and the worship leader goes, sing your own song. Then you get to express what's on your heart. In those moments, it's very important to say and sing things because there are things that, are, that the Lord is doing inside of you. It's very important to engage with him in those moments. You have opportunity to worship him uniquely in those moments. Take advantage of them. All right, two more. Um, I'm sorry, one more. In those moments when I'm invited to sing my own song and I feel like there's like either too much or not enough or I don't know what to do, I do number four. Anybody know what it is? Can you guess? Yeah, singing tongues. Woo! You win a prize. There's half drinking water bottle right here. It's yours. Sing in tongues. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, Paul gives the New Testament church permission uh, to sing, not just pray in tongues. He says, I will pray with my spirit, but I also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Understanding meaning for us English, right? Or like with your mind. Those of you that have your prayer language, singing in the spirit is powerful. Powerful. You're singing. You're, you're, this moment where you let the Holy Spirit worship God, which seems sort of self-serving, doesn't it? It is. Through you, through your mouth. That Holy Spirit, not just inspired, but led worship through your mouth. It's an amazing, amazing thing. If you want to, I don't have time to go into this, but if you want to know more about speaking in tongues, if you want uh, prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you want to know more about what I mean when I say prayer language, please come talk to Pastor Glenn or myself, Kyle, and after church. We'd love to talk to you more about this. All right. Worship team, you can come back up. Now there's a lot of pressure on the worship team. <laughs> like, man, I shouldn't have been on Instagram during that. No, I'm just kidding. So blessed by our worship team. I want you to remember a few key things here. Why don't you stand? <laughs> like Nicole mentioned earlier, they're like the purest forms of worship have no religion in them. Like no, it's not about performance in front of man. It's not about you and me. It involves you and me worshiping him. When we come together corporately and worship God, there's a special kind of corporate breakthrough that doesn't happen when we're worshiping God in our car by ourselves or in our closet or while we're cooking breakfast. There's something different that happens. One of the reasons why it's so important to not forsake the fellowship, right? The future of church is not online. <laughs> okay, goodness. And, uh, but it's, it's the, the corporate breakthrough that happens with everybody in the room, although it's crucial and important and powerful, it still doesn't make it about those of us that are in the room. The focus of our worship never changes. 
But when I come and I stand next to Glenn and Marissa, Ben and Jessica, Fred, I stand next to everybody and we all look at Jesus together and we all praise him together, that's special. That's where the breakthrough is. Worship is joyful and jubilant because the object of our worship has made us joyful and jubilant. Okay? You, you know the word rejoice? Do you know what it means? Do you know what it literally means to jump and spin around? I used to sing a song when I was little. I mean, it's embarrassing. I thought about it this morning when I woke up. But I would sing it like this. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. 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 And again. I think the person that wrote that song was like, not what I had in mind. Not, nope. Mm-mm. You're singing it wrong. <laughs> right? They probably spontaneously started jumping and spinning around and putting words to it. And somebody's like, oh, we should write that down. And then some religious person was like, we should make that liturgical and dumb. Right? And, and it just, and it, I'm not, this is all speculation, right? I'm just saying, so often we just like get lost in, in what we've known. And, and sometimes we need to get out of what we've known or come from or, or baggage that might be hanging on to us from whatever and get back to the biblical expressions that are laid out for us so that we can truly and purely come before God and love him well and experience everything he has for us in worship. He wants to encounter us in worship. He isn't, he's not sitting going like, yeah, you better keep worshiping me. Yeah, you better keep worshiping me. Your worship moves his heart, which in turn, he wants to come and move your heart, which in turn is going to make you want to worship him more and move his heart again. It's a great endless circle. There's lots of things we didn't talk about today. What about weeping and crying? What about travail? All of those things are legal in worship. But even those things are unto victory, joy, and jubilant worship because they don't end there. You have permission to express the overflow of your heart in every biblical manner in this church, and I encourage you to take advantage of every way that your heart leads you to worship every time that you're by yourself, but definitely every time we gather. I'd love to see the altar full because everybody realizes where they need to be. Right, like, you know what I mean? Not like, well, we gotta come to the front because it's time, but just be, because we're like, we have to get our feet to line up with what God is doing and what God is saying. I have to get my body to line up with what God is doing and what God is saying. And dignity is not a fruit of the Spirit, dudes. Um, all right. That's enough. There's a little more, but that's okay. There's always more with God. Let's pray, and the worship team is going to lead us. Father, we just thank you for worship. It's so fun. Lord, I thank you that worship is even a weapon, like it's, it's warfare. I thank you, Lord, for sacrifices of praise that we can give on this side of heaven, Lord. I thank you for, for tongues, for prayer languages, God, that we can sing in the spirit, Father. I thank you, Lord. Thank you for our bodies, that we can actually use our bodies to worship you. Father, if we lose our voice, like, if we, like we're hoarse or whatever, I can still worship you with the rest of my body. You've given me, you've given me, and if I can't move part of my body, I can still worship you with my voice. Like, like there is going to be nothing stopping your worship. Father, I pray that you would anoint us with courage to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we would stop 
holding back because of fear of man or what are they going to think or I'm not, I'm not used to that. That makes me uncomfortable. Father, I, I, just, I curse the comfortable church. Father God, I, I hate, I hate that, we've, that we've worshiped the idol of comfort. Father God, will you draw us into a new comfort where a true comfort is found with the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that any comfort that's found separate of the comforter would be identified as a lie. Any comfort that is found outside of the Holy Spirit, the true comforter, would be identified as a lie. Lord, would you, would you just open the heavens, even now, Lord. Let your fire fall down on us as we worship you and give you praise because of who you are and what you've done. God, I bless 2022. I thank you for 2021, and I bless 2022. For River in the Hills Church, I bless it for each person in this room. Father God, that we would proactively go into this year looking for ways to bring your kingdom from heaven to earth. That we would be proactive in the way that we pray, proactive in the way that we worship, proactive in the way that we live. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.